Hello, everybody. We are so happy you came by to listen in with us again today here at Insane Rhetoric. We've got a couple of topics for you today. What do Texas sex ed and Rwanda have to do with each other? Absolutely nothing. We couldn't help ourselves. We just wanted to talk about these topics. So come on in, sit down, and enjoy the ride. That is Insane Rhetoric. How's everybody doing today? What's going on? What's going on? Good morning, y'all. <laughs> this is what we talk about time foolery. <laughs> What's happening? What's up in the world of upside downness today? What's going on? Can we turn it right side up? I know. <laughs> no, we won't be able to do that. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> we will not be able to do that today because <laughs> we will not be able to do that today because the Tom foolery is out there today. As on? usual. What's going on? What's happening? What state wonderful state will we be jumping off into today? Well, let's go on start in Texas. I, I just got to talk about Texas. <laughs> Texas, our Texas. Texas is leading the blazing saddle path, man. <laughs> or they never not in the news. <laughs> uh, so. Okay. So there's a woman named Kara Bell. And she attended a, um, you know, uh, what's called school board meeting. Uh-huh. Yeah, a district school board meeting. And, well, the meeting was about COVID and mask mandates and, you know, what they got to do for the children to keep them safe and their health, mm -hmm. social distancing, all of that. And she got up and very quickly gave her response to wearing a mask, which she was against. Um... But then she went on to say that what her problem was, she said she would, she used the word being sidetracked. And she talked about being in her backyard. So I'm guessing that her sons were in the backyard reading this book. Mm -hmm. And she must have walked up on them reading this book. And that's what she wanted to talk about at the town hall meeting. She read an excerpt from the book at the meeting. Hmm. And the book is titled Out of Darkness. Out of Darkness. And it is a book by the author named Ashley Hope Perez. She's from Houston, Texas. <laughs> 
And she wrote a book that had and had a part in there where she described boys wanting to use and do anal sex. And she specifically called the girl Mexican. Okay. If you go to her website, she's got two little boys of her own. So she's a mom and um, all this other stuff, right? Maybe she's teaching the kids, the, the boys, to be gay boys, fun boys. Well, maybe she's just writing a book and they don't read her stuff. Maybe both. And maybe she's just being an author who, like Stephen King, Just, that's, a, that's a wide comparison from Stephen King horror movies to talking about. <laughs> well, let's say this. There may be people who are offended by the Stephen. things that Stephen King has to say, like the book Thinner mm -hmm. is where some gypsies um, were upset because the lawyer killed one of one of them and he slid it under the rug and you know didn't really take his responsibility in that action and he was overweight and the gypsy woman cursed him that basically he would grow thinner be thinner until his death like that's how he would die okay so he eats this piece of pie this curse is in this pie. He eats this pie and he becomes thinner. Now, initially, as all people who are overweight would be, he's happy that his efforts to lose weight are finally working. He's finally seeing the fruits of his labor, right? They working too well. But then he gets too thin and he becomes worried. And he remembers what this old gypsy lady said. And now he goes on a quest to find this gypsy lady. Now, all this, all throughout this story, there are things that are happening that would be um, of the spiritual nature. Okay. Stephen King's It. You got the clown, the terror. Pet Cemetery. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I think people put too much on the uh, content of certain things, you know, and you're talking about homosexuality to kids under a certain age. I don't, I really don't readily agree with that either. Hold on. She wasn't talking about homosexuality in this book. She was talking about that these, they were talking about a Mexican girl. Any Mexican is a Mexican girl. They were going to do her in either one of her holes. And they had specific names for these holes, corn hole and corn box, like 
They named these holes. Mm -hmm. And this lady who was complaining, this Karen Bell, she said she didn't, she said she didn't do anal sex. And she said her kids were not going to be doing anal sex. And she didn't agree with anal sex, but she had to go look that up. And that's how she found out that they were talking about anal sex. So they weren't talking about, uh, you know, having sex with same sex. Uh, that's what I thought she was talking about earlier when you was talking about her boys that was is was coming across like that's what they were going to do. So my 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 misunderstanding. No, no, they were reading this book. Right. Okay. And this book had this excerpt in it, and she read this excerpt at the town hall, and that's what she found out what the the corn hole and the corn box or whatever it was. Yeah, she googled it yeah. and found out that that's what it was. And her quote is, "I don't want my children to learn about anal sex in middle school." I've never had anal sex. I don't want to have anal sex. I don't want my kids having anal sex. I want to. I want you to start focusing on education and not public health. Ain't public health education also? Sex education? Mm-hmm. You think so? That I, it come I, I thought it would. <laughs> so the school board took the book off the shelf. They said it wasn't because they were trying to deny students, you know, access to learning different ideas, but that it was against education that was suitable. So that's why they took it off the shelf. Oh, well, that's, that's, that, was, that was so they wouldn't be sued. Right, because banning a book is banning a book. Right. That's a, that is, because nine times out of ten, if she, if her book made it into the public school library, somebody agreed with it somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, for it to even be in a public school library with that type of content, hey, some somebody thought it was deemed educational somewhere. Yeah. Right. So, so I mean... Uh, the librarian, somebody. I mean, I mean, but not whoever even, orders the books. Yeah, but I mean, don't they have a district person that orders the books for the whole district? I think so. I think so. So that's what I'm saying. Like, but it still had to be cleared through the school board. Yeah, that's the thing. It still had to be cleared through the school board. So, uh, so we're in the state of Texas, right? This is now. This is the same place where social studies are not allowed. <laughs> the same place where some so, the social stu- mm-hmm. okay. So now, in the state of Texas, the law provides for education regarding AIDS and STDs. Okay, public health. This is okay. The law provides education regarding abstinence so you can teach about abstinence which would go along with our new banning of abortions after six weeks okay right, abstinence because right. that's the only way you gone six weeks is you because okay you're gonna have sex and 
it only takes one time to get pregnant. So if you were to get pregnant the first time you have sex, you're going to have to keep the baby. And otherwise, you should have abstained. Okay. Uh, so in, in Texas, the law provides for provision for those two things. Okay. But Texas also allows a parent to opt out of this education, right? Right. So there's a whole student code of conduct that goes out. It's been going out for a really long time. It started when my children were younger. Right. And it's a whole big book. And you have to read it. The children have to understand what's in it. So the you there's a there's a there's a list, a, a, a checklist that you have to sign that says that you read it and that you understand. And they list these few things, which is the gist of this book, right? Right. I took the time each year to read it to make sure it said the same thing it said last year. Right. Okay. And then I also took the time to explain to my children because they were black children, what this book meant what their what their roles were as far as children and students and the fact that they were black and how that would complicate things um based on these laws because i understood that if he were to be in a fight um it would come down harder on him because he was black So we had to be real clear. You don't start the fight, right? Right. Just finish it. But you better finish it because you can, in the state of Texas, there's no tolerance. No tolerance means when it comes to fighting that you can't even protect yourself either. You're not supposed to fight, period, right? That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. So <laughs> I taught my son. There is no tolerance in, te- in the state of Texas for schools for fighting. Mm-hmm. It means you can't protect yourself. They don't want you to fight back at all because you're fighting. You are fighting back. It's still you fighting, and it's still against the code. Yeah. But you better fight back, and you better try to put the big, the biggest hurting. I don't care what you got to do to win either. I don't care. I don't care what you got to do. You better try to put the biggest hurting that you can put on somebody mm-hmm. because I got to come back behind you and defend you, even if we got to go to the Supreme Court. Right. 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 So I got to be able to say, how dare you have my son not be able to fight back? He was in a corner. Right. Mm-hmm. And it actually worked. So his last day of junior high school, I was pleading before he went to school. I was like, son, can you please just not fight today? Hey, can you please can you please not fight today? Can you just get out of middle school? Can you, can you get out of junior high school, please? Can can we please go to a new school next year? Well, mama, what you want me to do? I was like, okay, I know this is against everything I ever said. But if somebody started whooping on you today, can you take a knee 
Can you just take one knee? Can you take one knee and don't fight? You, you, you asking the impossible for a black male child. I mean, I get, I get that you, you mama, but what? You but you know what though? Is whooping. That's, you know that's, what my son did? You know what my son did? My I son took went, a knee. I, I my son, went to school. <laughs> my son took a knee. My son took a knee. And when he got home, he called me at work. I, I actually, at the time, I worked like, it amounted to a block away from my house. But it was like around the corner, but it amounted to about a block. And he called me and he said, Mama, you need to come on home now. I was like, oh, Lord, you got put out of school on the last day. Now, Mama, I got to a fight. Oh, Lord. Mama, I, I did what you asked me because I wanted to get out of here, too. I did what you asked me. I'm tired of this school, Mama. I did it. But you better come home. I was like, why? He said, Mama, I got bruised because I, I did what you asked me. So I ran home. And I took Polaroids and I went, took him back up to the school before everybody left. And the officer was still there. And I said, take your shirt off. He was looking at me. I said, take your shirt off right out here. Take your shirt off. You got your pants on, take your shirt off. And the officer looked at the bruises and she was like, what happened? I was like, my son did what you asked him to do. And look what happened. She was like, I said, no tolerance says that he can't protect himself. And because he couldn't protect himself, you hurt my child. You endangered my child. Look, and I have already taken the photos. I don't disagree. I just, I find it difficult, very difficult for a school to say that they don't have no tolerance. And then some of them, some of the people that go through things, then you cause more harm than good because you don't allow them to defend themselves. Uh, if, if you remember, we did an a, a episode uh, months ago about one of the high school boys that they found dead in a basket. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because of him not being able to defend himself in some form or manner. He was a high school basketball star, you yeah. know, black. You know what I'm saying? But you, but you, you, you will let that happen, but you don't want me to whoop up on somebody to keep people off of me? Man, yeah. for a school to even say that you crazy. Oh, oh, if anybody gets in the fight, this it's a no tolerance. Man, if that's a white boy, you know, you already know which way they're gonna try to sway. If you didn't teach your son to just take that knee for the for the first and last time, you know what I'm saying? It would have went a different way. Not right. I don't even know the if the guy was white or black or purple or green. But the point of the matter is you the the nature of the beast is to survive and defend yourself that's that's what you were bred and taught as a young kid to do period right playground fights well it's innate you don't, you don't even back. have to be taught you don't even have to be taught to fight back it's in eight you see, even you see a baby 
you know, I mean, I'm, I'm calling a baby, but a little kid, mm-hmm. they on the playground, kid hit them, they want to hit back. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not until we teach them that, you know, they shouldn't hit, they shouldn't fight, you know, use your words, blah, 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 that they begin to do all of that. But you know, the initial thing is to fight back. You hit me, I hit you back. You know, when, you know, when people like, when I was in school, you know, when, when people said something about uh, somebody in your family or your character, that was a fighting word. They didn't get a chance to say too much after that. They lip was slow. Right. It's, it was as simple as that. You know what I'm saying? And then if you want to come at me, yeah, I've probably been wrong for throwing the first punch. But uh, now that you we engage, it's a this an equal platform. Now the, the the playing field is level. We both throwing blows. Right. So it, that's I mean, listen, I, I get it. But that that no tolerance level. That's how a lot of people, a lot of young people, wind up hurt because they think that and it's in their head that you can't defend yourself if you. That's that's what's funny about the law itself, because as the law pours over a young black male, and I'm just going to say that because you said, because that's what we see a lot. Soon as that person get the better of the police, nice resisting arrest. No, I'm defending myself because you're trying to hurt me. That's why I don't think that the law is fair, because one way you say, hey, this is this is the police, you're supposed to do what they say, but you got the police that's out here killing people when you think I'm supposed to bow down to that? No. Right. That, well, that ain't, that's not fair. <laughs> well, I, I, I know our listeners think we got off the subject, but the, the point is that there are laws in the state, okay, that aren't necessarily, even though they're there for the greater good, they're not necessarily really for the greater good. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And so when we're talking about making the parallel with, you know, the laws that kept my son from fighting back, it's the same thing because we're going back to this book I talked about, the, the state code of conduct right. that you had to sign. All right. And this lady lives in Texas. And she had the she had the option to opt out for her kid. Okay. Now we don't know if she opted out or she didn't or whatever. They found the book in the library. That has nothing to do with someone taught her kid this. Right. Right. They went to the library during library time. They chose a book. And that was the book they chose because knowing, listen, even girls, when they get that around about that age, they're curious and they want to know stuff. Right. And if they little fast, little hot little mamas. Yeah, I mean. Okay. I I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? I don't think, I don't think uh, that they should have been reading the book. Now, should, should, should the, my thing is, should the person who's over the district ordered that particular book for that that elementary school? It was it was a middle school, middle school. I mean, middle school, probably not. But nine times out of ten, they just see book titles. Oh, 
out of darkness. Okay, that might sound like something that might be interesting for more kids. They saw the title, they read the synopsis, they probably didn't read the whole book. Of course not. And it was a Latino uh, author, which is for inclusiveness in the library. Mm-hmm. And it was an author from the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we would have to figure out what are the guidelines for state of Texas books in the library. But here's my point. You can't stop a kid if they want to know about anything. Kids know about stuff you think that you don't realize they know. And if you don't have a relationship, an open relationship with your kid, people were so amazed at the things my children would tell me. I would be saying, my daughter came home and told me blah, blah, blah. What? My son came and told me boo, boo, boo. What? They told you that? But you know what? When they were growing up, I would rather that they came and told me what they knew so that I could have the conversation with them as their parent and right. have those teachable moments. Right. So I could say that's inappropriate. This right. is why it's inappropriate. Whatever. Right. Okay. Absolutely. And I could guide the learning process. Because they're going to do what they're going to do because they want to do it just like an adult. Right. You ain't, you're ain't. you not going to be able to stop a kid from experiencing life. And as soon as you do, because I have some relatives uh, that they was not allowed to do certain secular things as they were growing up because of their religious background. But as soon as they got old enough to start venturing out on their own, guess what they did? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The things that you tried to hold them not to do. And that, that I think, could be worse because you don't give a kid to experience uh, life as they grow. And then when they get up into something, then they don't know how to react to it. Then they might be out there on it for a long time. And it ain't got to be nothing it's like drugs and alcohol and then crazy as that but you know you get into some situations that you don't know nothing and nothing about and how to respond to those situations which, which could be worse than drugs and alcohol in some in some uh arenas so i mean <laughs> they they know more than they let known to you right <laughs> by the way missouri has the same laws as Texas, uh, well, not exactly the same because I don't know Missouri laws, but they have the two classes and then you can also opt out of um, whatever. But there are six states. Alabama, Illinois, Louisiana, Missouri, Ohio, Oregon, that also include provisions that require the children to be informed of their financial responsibility for any child that they may conceive. Mm. Okay, so, and then um, Mississippi and Michigan require that you be taught 
financial difficulties as well as financial responsibilities and what parents are likely to face and that the curriculum um, be advised, you know, to the parent, what the, what the parent responsibility is. Okay. Right. So you've got three states that add safe methods of surrendering infants. So they, they go into talking about um, things, things that have to do with adoption or getting rid of your kid, you know, after the kid is born. Right. Like, okay, like safe haven laws, like, you know, I don't want the kid, I'm, I'm, so I'm gonna put it in a dumpster. Right. Yeah, okay. So California, Illinois, and Michigan you you're you can the school's uh sex education includes you know okay kids here are the laws about how you can legally legally surrender your kid right don't leave it in the dumpster because right. you're gonna be in big trouble right we 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 the same plenty of uh good old whiteies throwing right. kids away in dumpsters eight states have provisions that require them to inform students about adoption specific things. So you've got Illinois, Michigan, Missouri, South Carolina, Vermont, Wisconsin, and Virginia. Okay. Those all talk about adoption as a viable um, alternative. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've got Nevada and Colorado require parental consent. You've got North Carolina that permits, um, they have you. They have these two, you know, STD classes, AIDS classes, abstinence classes, but they permit local authorities to determine if there's parent consent needed or, you know, parents can opt out. Uh -huh. Ashley Hope Perez, I just say, well, you are an author, you just writing a book, and I'm, I'm pretty sure your intent wasn't to 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 the kids, because I'm pretty sure that book is not uh, maybe age-specific, or it is age-specific to a certain genre, we don't know, but um, that's what it is with uh what's what's my what, what's my friend name in in Texas Miss Bell, Carabelle. <laughs> Carabelle. So I mean, she just I think she's just looking out for her child. I mean, I don't I don't have no no problems with her uh, or about this this incident, you know. But for her to just start coming up and talking about anal sex right over. <laughs> <laughs> school board me and I know them people up there like what <laughs> so the genre of this book is historical fiction mm -hmm. so the book is set in 1937 okay very misogynistic year I'm just gonna say it y'all know that yeah. no. okay so it's a love affair between teenage Mexican-American girl 
and teenage African-American boy in the 1930s in New London, Texas. In, in the 1930s? 1930s. It goes up to 1937, New London school explosion. That's okay. the era of there was a natural there was a nat natural gas leak. Um in Rusk County. Okay. And um Juan Castillo of NBC News wrote that out of darkness stares unflinchingly at racism, classism, segregation and the people who live on the margins of society. So that's really what the book is more about, is about racism. Yeah, you know, Ms. Carroll just picked up the book and turned it to the page where we was talking about anal sex. So. Okay, so I'm not sure how we get to anal sex in this book. That's the chapter she turned to. Well, <laughs> They were in the backyard. The boys were in the backyard. So, um, this is the this is the page the boys found in the book when reading this book. Yeah. So, so this gives more insight as to why this book might be chosen to be put in the school system because it's really about racism. Right. It's about Black history. It's about Mexican American history. It's about Texas history. It's historical fiction. So that, and, and she just happened to have a section on annual sex in, in the book somewhere, which which is not uncommon for people to talk about sex in some form of book. Can you name me some books that doesn't have sex scenes recorded in them nowadays? Probably hard I to do. <laughs> I <laughs> You know, not saying that it's not nothing out there, but I'm the 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 books that I mean, you think about uh what's what's that show that everybody loved that I I just couldn't get into. I think it's called Twilight. Where you're yeah. talking about yeah. vampires and wolves and the sex scenes that was in some of those books for kids. Come on, man. I'm like, whatever. Here is a, the school library journal which is a monthly magazine with articles and reviews for school librarians, media specialists, and public librarians to work with young people. So it's a book about teenagers. So it's in there because it's about teenagers. You're in junior high, you're you're a preteen and a teen. Right. Yeah. Like I say, hey, man, to to each his own. I'm like, if if you don't wanna if you don't wanna talk about that and you don't want somebody to read up on your kids don't wanna read up on that, well, I mean that's fine and dandy. I mean I agree I I, I agree. You know, some stuff shouldn't be made privy to kids at a certain age. Just shouldn't, you know. So, unless, unless the parent is taking it and breaking it down to them about what what's what, you know. But for uh, schools to be in the process of teaching something that 
parents don't agree with. I don't agree with that either. Hello, everybody. We just wanted to take a quick pause to let you know something you may not have known. If you are enjoying Insane Rhetoric, you can help to sustain future episodes. Go on over to anchor.fm forward slash insane dash rhetoric forward slash support and help us with any size donation. You know, we're always looking for supporters. So come on in, sit back and enjoy the ride that is insane rhetoric and help us to continue this podcast. Okay, so one reviewer said that the that the book gives voice the book gives voice to many long omitted facets of US history. Here's another one. Go right now and order this book from your library or favorite bookstore. Whatever else you're reading can wait a day or two for you to read this instead. It's that good. It's that good, people. A powerful layered tale of forbidden love in times of unrelenting racism. That's that's personal opinion. I mean, you know. I, well, these are all different personal opinions, but I'm just saying this speaks to why the book was in the library. Right, I, I guess it was praised as the skillful use of multiple perspectives, elegant prose, and gently escalating action will leave readers gasping for breath at the tragic climax and moving conclusion. So you're basically saying that Miss Bell got out of, she was ticking out of turn because she didn't really go and and read some of the other things other than the anal sex part about the book. Right. Is the temple is the typical white woman sometimes see one thing and fly off the hinges about it. I mean, yeah, that's a great, great, I mean <laughs> So yeah. So, you know, you give it you were you giving one side, one paragraph, one couple of paragraphs of a book that's really about the bigger picture of racism. Right, but I mean, that's some people just that ain't what they want to see, and that ain't what they want to talk about. So, and and that's okay. Right, it is. So whatever. What else we got? So, okay. So next on the agenda is you remember Hotel Rwanda? Yes, I remember that the movie. Hotel yes, Rwanda. Don, Don Cheadle started. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and you remember the the genocide that happened because of th- that whole story? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the man that was portrayed by Don Cheadle uh-huh. is now right. in... Huh? Paul something, right? Paul Russell... I you know I can't say his name. Can yeah, you say his name? Just call him Paul. Okay. <laughs> so he he's in prison. He was he was kidnapped back to Rwanda. Mm. And 
Well, he was kidnapped. Well, his daughter said he was kidnapped. He was on a plane going to a conference mm-hmm. and the plane landed in Rwanda and they arrest, promptly arrested him, took him to jail. And now he walk around. He, they got him pictures. He in a pink uh, leisure suit, wow. Sh- leisure suit with shorts on, like the sh- leisure suit that had the shorts. Uh-huh. You know, a pair of shorts and a, pay- and a shirt. Yeah. It's probably linen, but because it's probably hot. But I was, I was gonna say I hope it's landing over there. <laughs> yeah. So he they blindfolded him, bound his hands and his feet, according to what his lawyers say. And he thought he was going on a speaking engagement with a blindfold on and bound hands. Yeah. What kind of speaking engagement is that? Well, he didn't he didn't know that until they captured him. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. He's, so he's the modern day uh, Nelson Mandela. I I don't know that he would be Nelson Mandela, but listen. So they got this video where people are speaking because they were in that hotel mm-hmm. with him. You know, because it was like a thousand people. Uh-huh. And they got this video where some of the people are speaking. So the daughter's speaking and she's talking about the injustice and what all her father did. She happens to be the adopted daughter because her parents were killed in the genocide. And he and his wife took her, brought her here. He's now an American citizen. He is now an American citizen. He now lives in, he and his family live in San Antonio, Texas. So why they went to go get him? So he went on a speaking, okay. He went on a speaking engagement. And when he got off the plane, he wasn't where he thought he was supposed to be. He was getting off the plane and being arrested. It was a setup. Uh, I get you. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, so do we do we know him to have done terrorist acts? Is this is is they are they saying that this is is this is a, the whole thing is a terrorist situation? Yeah. So some of the people that were speaking on this video were like, one lady was like, I don't even know who that is. I was in the hotel. But I never heard of that person. Hmm. There was no hero like that that did that. So basically basically they're saying that the story was fabricated? They're saying the story was fabricated. They say he wasn't a hero. They say he was a thief. They say he... They say uh, he cut off the facts which they show where he cut off the facts. Like he, they cut off all the uh, communication so it would look uh-huh. like the hotel was uh, empty. Uh-huh. And then they only used the facts when they was trying to send out uh, communication. Mm-hmm. They showed that in the film. But this guy was like, yeah, I, that stuff didn't happen. He wasn't saving us. 
he was taking our money. It was two guys on there that was like, he, you didn't get to stay in the hotel. Cause you know, the, the, the movie was like, you know, he'd figure out that the people, he'd be scared. Right. Remember, he would be scared. Right. And he didn't want to take the people in. He was like, oh, we're going to get in trouble. We're going to get in trouble. We, okay, come on, come on, come on in. Right? Right. And then, so it was a thousand people that he did that to. But these two men on this video say that if you couldn't pay him cash or a check, they did not say how much. Unless it was different for each family. I don't know. They didn't, they didn't quantify a number of how much they, he was supposedly paid. Even when they said I had, I happened to have a check. So I wrote him a check. They didn't say I wrote him a check for a thousand dollars. Right. Right. They just said I had a check and I wrote him a check. Okay. Right. So they're saying that those thousand people that were in there were in there because they paid Paul for his protection in the hotel. Mm. So, I mean... The, the, <laughs> but guess what? That sounds okay, like, sound like a business opportunity to me. That's what they said. They said he wasn't a savior. He was a businessman. And that's what I was just about to say. Now, this is going to sound really horrible. Insane rhetoric listeners, you're not supposed to profit off of... You know, they got lots of people in the jail for profiting off of war, right? Lots of people in the jail for profiting off of war. But in this instance, I don't know if I wouldn't do the same thing. I'm not sure. That sounds horrible. I know it sounds horrible. No, it doesn't. It, it sounds like it sounds like the same thing that happened in Vietnam. The United States profited off of off of uh of war sounds like the same thing that happened for pearl harbor the united states profited off of war sounds like the same thing that happened in 9-11 they profited off those terror attacks don't, don't sound like that don't sound bad to me <laughs> i think if i were afraid for my life i think if i had a way to help people but in helping them my fam it would put my family in danger. I think in my brain, I would be like, well, there's there, there's the there's the possibility that I could die. And I would need to make sure that my family had something. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way of putting it. I mean, time, time and time again, like I said, I think I just go ahead and do it. I'd be like, listen, uh, uh, it's going to cost you to stay here, even though either you want to go outside and get shot by the regime or you want to stay in this hotel and uh, try to make it through until it passes. What you want to do is going to cost you a little something, something. So one of those guys that said that, said that, um, he also said that, the French government had a clause that said that this particular hotel was not supposed to be touched. And that's why people who were in there would never have been touched anyway. 
but the people that was in there didn't know that. I'm pretty sure that they didn't know that about that. That hotel is probably basically at sovereign, some sovereignty about that hotel where it sits or whatever the case may be, or who owns it or whatever the, the situation may be. So regardless of who's marching down the street, you can't touch this building. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Regardless. So did the people know that inside? Because I would have to say, no, they didn't. Because if they knew that inside, then they wouldn't be paying the state. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> I... Oh. I'm just saying, it's just that, that's just common sense. If I know that a building is sovereign, and I know as long as I'm on that ground, I'm cool, why would I pay you to be there? Yeah. <laughs> so apparently they didn't know it at all. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I think I think the dude made an educated decision to go ahead and get his money up. <laughs> what, you, what you want me to say? I mean, that's an educated decision. I'm gonna go ahead and give my money up, and when 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 something needs to go go left, I got enough bread to make sure that my people covered and I'm covered. But apparently, he didn't do a good job because the lawyer that he got uh, still got him sitting somewhere in a pink suit. <laughs> he he's sitting in the pink suit. It's a bunch of them in the pink suit. So I mean, apparently he didn't do too good of a job. He didn't raise enough money, <laughs> unless the lawyers in Rwanda just suck that bad. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I was wrong. I need to correct myself. He's a Belgian citizen. Okay. But a permanent U.S. resident. Okay. Okay. And he traveled to Dubai. Is where he went to mm-hmm. meet up with someone there and says that this person had invited him to speak at churches about his experience during the Rwandan genocide. Mm-hmm. So later that night, they went and got on a, um, a private jet And um, instead of going back to Bujumbura, Uh which is where this guy was from, instead of going there, because that's where he thought he was going, Mm -hmm. from Dubai to Bujumbura, okay? Well, the pastor slash informant for the Rwandan Investigation Bureau, the, mm-hmm. the RIB. Mm-hmm. They put, they actually boarded a char- charter flight to Kilgogli. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, hey man, listen. I don't know what you better do, but you better get your story straight. <laughs> and that's how he got to Rwanda. 
He will right now. He over in the Rwanda chilling with the pink suit on. He better make sure this story straight. And if he's smart, he better be trying to contact some high-powered lawyers, maybe from the U.S. to help him, because uh, his lawyers ain't doing too well. Then, according to him, they got him there. They tortured him. They put him in a slaughter, what he called the slaughterhouse. <sighs> Stepped on his neck with their military boots. Blah 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 blah. You know. The bad stuff. Typical Nelson Mandela. Listen, the the stuff you never can imagine. Yeah, well, unless you live in the United States, because you see it all the time, you can imagine it all day long. <laughs> you know the stuff that he say. Well, we couldn't. We look. We sat there and watched George Floyd, and we couldn't imagine. We still couldn't imagine, even though we could imagine. But we sat there and watched it, and we still couldn't imagine. Well, you know, well, you know. What, all right, what else we got? Because the Lawanda president is going to go down to <laughs> whoever he is, the hotel Rwanda management that, that ain't going to be in the news too much longer because they're going to lose him. What else we got? <laughs> so, listen, so... So the the president of Rwanda, Paul Kagame, mm -hmm. he said there was no wrongdoing. We did we did pay for the plane. We, we paid for the plane because we brought him here on the basis of what he believed and what he wanted to do to us. So there was no kidnap. We. actually did a flawless execution here of arrest. The United Arab Emirates, they say, no, we ain't had nothing to do with it. Greek Air say, no, we ain't had nothing to do with it. <sighs> so, yep. I, I think if you play the game with international laws and different terrorist type situations when when it's time for you to meet the call however they see fit i mean that's just what it's gonna be especially in other countries like that you know you know we talk about uh uh terrorist uh attacks and and different people who who commit atrocities you know who is not, we, we haven't heard any uh, about in a long time who had committed high treason. You remember the boy uh, Snowden? What's his name? Edward Snowden? Oh, we talked about, didn't we talk about no, Edward Snowden? No, we didn't talk about him. But you know, he had he has sought uh, asylum over in, in Russia somewhere. And you ain't heard no more about him. Well, they say if Paul uh, is convicted, which I'm pretty sure he will be convicted. I mean, that it's a setup. Right. How can you not be convicted by a setup? <laughs> <laughs> so they say if he's convicted, he could face, I'm pretty sure he will face um, 25 years of prison. Well, it don't, he, well, I'm going to tell you right now, Paul ain't going to make it. 
Yeah, because they already, you know, doing stuff to them. I mean, if you constantly suffocating a person. But Paul, no, but Paul looked like he already at least 50, 60, 25 years. <laughs> I mean, what's McCauley was the exception to the rule. Uh, Nelson Mandela was how old when he got locked up? And he he actually made it out, and then he later died. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, he lived long enough to be the president. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, Paul don't look like he uh he built like that. <laughs> well, he's 67 years old. 25 years, ain't he ain't gonna make 25 years. Sorry. And sorry, <laughs> sorry, Paul, you're not gonna you you're not gonna make it maybe 10 to 15. Because as we all know, the prison systems abroad are worse than the United States. Now that says a whole lot. Singapore, China, India, those prison systems are a lot worse, but they have less people in them also. The United States is the, the number one country that has most of their citizens locked up compared to any other country well listen if you if you are older and then you got people like torturing you where you can't to the point where you can't breathe all the time and they're probably not feeding them well and all this other stuff that happens when you're in prison yeah it's not united states it's not club med right so (laughs) i'm sure his health will decline Listen, but he could have the stuff of Nelson Mandela. He they could. Don't know. Let me tell you what's gonna happen. But they, I mean, they, he he just but see, it's not helping him that he keep making them remarks about people. Like listen, that's why they mad. Listen, he gonna go into the prison after they sentence him. He gonna be there for about two to three months, and they gonna come in, and he's gonna be hanging. So it's just been a year that he's been in jail. Like I said, once they sentence him, he's going to, he's going to, uh, they gonna find him hanging from a bed sheet. Cause he's gonna, he, he it's inevitable. I'm sorry. <laughs> twenty five. You you looking at twenty five years and you are already sixty five, sir? No. Well, they're saying that he has something to do with this attack that happened in 2018 where nine people were killed, including two children. And they're saying he has something to do with that. So he probably incited something by something he was saying or helped to help to fuel whatever was already going on by what he said. Whatever the case may be. But his daughter say that the current president, Uh that Kilgami or whatever whatever his name is, they say that he just is upset because although he has a very polarizing um, personality himself, although he himself has a good relationship with the American government, since those since the genocide like he's credited the current president over there is credited for bringing that country back on its feet mm, okay. okay but in this in this video 
they said that he is also known for like if you get out of line he will get with you that uh, was a nice way to put it oh uh, he so he's a he's a dictator he's a dictator like that's that sounds very much like the beginning of Idi i mean like he used to be man and that at first was, most people don't know about him back in, most people today don't know about Idi i mean but that dude was notorious for getting with somebody yeah <laughs> So people don't understand. Initially, you thought Edie, I mean, you see him on TV and you think he was like a cool dude. But he was like. He was not that. He was not. He was the very total opposite, polar opposite. Yeah, he was. He was not. He was not that at all. Edie, I mean, was something else. So apparently this guy is the same. Yeah. But he be all, you know, shaking hands, dabbing with the presidents and stuff here in America. Yeah, he he, idiot I me mean, was I think was more, more, uh, he was more horrific than Joseph Stalin, <laughs> and that says a lot if you know who Joseph Stalin was. So this, so Paul was arrested and um, prosecuted with sixteen alleged rebels. Uh, so. Yeah. You got the uh the it's been postponed because it was supposed to be in January of, of uh this year, but it's been post postponed. A lot of that having to do with COVID. Mm. Well, I don't know. Like, like I say, well, uh hopefully he makes something happen and hopefully uh somebody will be on his side and can probably get him off and get him out. Cause... Well, the thing that's helping him a little bit right now is because He's no longer a Rwandan citizen. So how you gonna just really just try him like that? Like there's some loopholes in that because he's not a Rwandan citizen. Yeah. Then you got COVID. So that's what's helping him so far. Well, he he might not don't want to apply to his old native language and tongue of Rwanda (laughs) for citizenship no time ever. And then he's been vocal since March saying, well, you know, I'm not going to get a, I'm not going to get a fair trial anyway. So I'm not coming to court. I don't care. Y'all do whatever y'all going to do. Cause I'm not getting a fair trial. So I'm not going to waste my time coming to court. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't think that's going to work out for you. If you, if you got that type of pool, then you need to be on a plane out of there, sir. So they found him guilty this month on the 20th mm-hmm. today uh-huh. he, they found him guilty of uh terrorism related charges and during the court proceedings mm-hmm. he denounced you know the president who's also a paul gagami um and reported that um he had been abducted from exile to stand trial in Rwanda. So he's been found guilty. He said I was going to be found guilty, so why do I need to show up? <sighs> so now we have to see if they're going to hang him or, you know, what they're going to do. Firing squad. Like, I don't know what the... What is the... Oh, well, let's say 25 years in prison. Yeah, but that's just... I don't know. I think... I, think, I don't know how they... Uh, capital punishment works in uh, Rwanda. 
So I, I couldn't tell you nothing about their capital punishment. So if he if he's six to seven, he'd be in his nineties by the time he get out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. if they stop if they stop kicking him and just put him in isolation like they did, um, he ain't gonna make that Mandela. And then, like, they put Mandela in isolation, and then they just whooped him sometime. Mm, he ain't Mandela. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mandela was kind of, he was kind of badass, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he, he had some pull in his life, some real pull. He was, he was, he was badass. Yeah, he was. He, 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 they don't make uh, brothers like him no more. He was, he was built <laughs> Chevy tough, Ford tough, Tonka tough. <laughs> So, yeah. well, he wasn't. So, Mandela started his life, his professional life, off as a lawyer who helped the people. Mm-hmm. This guy was a hotel manager. Not to not to say that a hotel manager couldn't aspire to be other great things. I mean, shoot. I'm not saying that it was a bad thing that he was a hotel manager. I mean. He's no. a businessman. Right. I'm just saying that the the connections and the pool and yeah, how the been. people would have felt about him right. would be different. Remember how the lady in Chicago was walking a dog and the police was trying her, trying to you know berate her because she was walking a dog, mm-hmm. and then all the dog walkers came out in support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying they like dogs. I'm just saying. Don't nobody say I said they was like dogs. I said dog walkers. Okay. So it's the same kind of concept. You got the little guy. All all the little guys come together. Right. To form to form a fascist to show in support of what, what we're trying to do to get you off. I get it. Yeah. I so and then some of them little guys do have connections, right? Yeah, they do. So yeah. it's like Mandela had that constant fight over all those years of all the little guys finally one-on-one-on-one on one on one over year after year after year connecting and being like, and then that brought in the Americans and everybody else like, you know what? Apartheid, I'm tired of you. Yeah. We're going to cut you off. We're going to sanction you. UN sanctions, all that stuff happened. And then it was like, okay, let's let this dude out. He old anyway. He can't hurt us. And he got out and he got elected president. President, yep. 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 Yeah, well, I guess. So what else we got? That's it. Wait, that's that, that, isn't that enough? That's not enough. I mean, yeah, that's enough. I'm just saying that's that's hey. I'm just looking at Ashley Hope Perez and <laughs> You still thinking about Ashley Hope Perez and, and Carabelle? The the, the bunghole book. <laughs> It was something about cornhole. Or I, yeah, I had never heard that term either. I was like, "What's a cornhole?" The lady when she first said, it, "I was like, what's a cornhole?" Yes, I, that's that's why you need to be up on. Uh, you need to constantly stay in the. Um, uh, what is it called? The. Oh, uh, uh, what is it called? It's 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 the the in the dictionary. Ebonics Dictionary, or what is it called? What is it called? Urban Dictionary? The Urban Dictionary. 
<laughs> because the Urban Dictionary tells you about all these <laughs> different things. I, well. But anyway, we're gonna we we gonna get up out of here, right? Yeah, we can go ahead and slide up out. It's been real. Yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go do something. We gotta go find some more news to tell y'all about. Yeah. So inside rhetoric listeners. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Check us out on our website, InsaneRhetoric.com. It's spelled with a K, not a C. InsaneRhetoric.com. We are on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, pretty much any. Except Pandora. We're not there yet. But we're working at it. We're working at it. So pretty much any podcast platform, we're there. If we're not, go to our Real Talk page and send us a note and let us know, and we'll try to make sure we get there. Yeah. And you remember, know. as always, did I cut you off? What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say, you know. <laughs> and remember, as always, y'all know we say this every time. Remember to enjoy the ride that is insane, insane rhetoric. Rhetoric, because it's 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 a ride, y'all. All this craziness. Yeah. I might need to go get that book by uh Ashley Hope Perez. I, <laughs> I'm sure you can get it on PDF for the download. I wonder if it's on Audible. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm gonna have to go check. I'm pretty sure it is. All right, everybody. We'll see y'all next time. Or we'll listen in with you next time. We out. Bye, y'all. Bye. Hello, everybody. And thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you had as much fun as we did discussing this episode. Sometimes these topics are hard and sometimes they're just so funny we can't help ourselves. But as always, remember to enjoy the ride that is insane rhetoric. We'll see you next time.